Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Gali Blancher. Gali is the co-founder of The Good Box, a social enterprise that provides gift boxes to those experiencing homelessness, domestic violence and displacement. Since launching The Good Box in 2018, Gali and her co-founder Maddie have delivered thousands of boxes to those in need. They've broken down barriers and opened up the conversation around homelessness in our cities. With Christmas fast approaching and thousands of Aussies living rough or couch surfing to make ends meet, there's never been a better time to hear about this fantastic enterprise. Hi, Gali. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. So um, our listeners have just heard a little bit um, in our intro about the great work that you do with The Good Box. So I'm wondering, did um, social justice, social responsibility, were they kind of key things in your life growing up? Yeah, it's always been something key in my life. I grew up um, with uh, dad and mum who um, were very involved in the community um, and my dad especially was um, someone who when we were younger we would have people um, come over to the house and he would have um, big boxes kind of filled with um, you know different um, items um, from the shops that um, he, he had gotten kind of wealthier people in the community to to um ensure that they uh, were able to donate money to those uh, boxes and people would come and actually get them and, and it would be a very private thing. We weren't allowed to see the people who, who came over to get it. And I guess I just grew up always seeing that and always knowing that was something really important in my life. So definitely social justice is something I grew up um, as a big part of my life. Mm. So it's interesting then that um, initially your career path you chose was in marketing and communications, journalism. Yeah, no, it is really interesting because it was always something really important in my life, but I guess you you don't think that it's a career choice. Um, I don't think I had any idea that that um, growing up that you could work within that sector. I guess I knew you could be a social worker and I knew that you could be um, a psychologist and I knew that you could do things like that, um, but that wasn't really what was – I was never really great with um, – you know, the scientific aspects of, you know, those types of subjects at school, I was always more creative. So therefore I thought, okay, I'll go in the more creative um, sphere. And so that's why I kind of took that um, career choice. I took the career choice to rather do something uh, creative and do journalism. But when I was a journalist, I was a journalist for a charity magazine. And I specifically chose to work for that magazine for the reason that I thought I could kind of put social justice and my creativity um, together, uh, which um, which I did. And then after a while, obviously, I, I had to leave the journalism to do the good box full time. 
So tell me about that um, that moment then, that aha moment for starting the, the, the Good Box. Where were you? What were you doing? And how did it come about? Yeah, so I think I'd been working for a couple of years. I might just come out of uni and I think I was in my second year of being a journalist and um, I would work, I worked, used to work in the Sydney city and I used to walk to work every day and I would see people sleeping rough on the streets um, outside the station and um, it was at the rocks at the time and I saw so many people um, at Circular Quay just kind of, you know, sitting um, outside and what really bothered me is that there would be walked overs if there were nothing and stepped overs if, if there were a piece of, you know, rubbish. And I then realised that really just by connecting with people and having a chat, that that's what was really missing. That's what was really needed, just treating people like humans. And I think that was the moment where I just went, this is really bothering me and I really want to do something about this. And I think Having the personality that I do, when I when I do have something that I want to do, I'll make it happen. And I think I then met Maddie, who's my co-founder at, at the same work, and she was an events manager and she came up to me and said, um, it was the same thing was bothering her. And she said, oh, isn't it just really horrible that we have people who are sleeping rough and what really bothers me is that how everyone's ignoring them and she said and I don't know what to do and that's what's bothering me too and that's when together I said to her well I've had this little idea for a while and I guess my idea was also based on you know the things that my dad used to do as a child with the boxes and all of that and I just started to really think of something a way of connecting and um, that's when I you said told Maddie the idea and then together we took that idea and created it into what it is now. Yeah I think it's um, it's really interesting that you went with that kind of product-based idea because uh, um, I think for some people as well they they see homeless people and there's this this blame there's like oh it's their own fault mm-hmm. they've um you know, there's the, all these preconceptions mm-hmm. that people have mm. for why they think people are homeless and then there's a lot of stigma that goes with that and a lot of, um, you know, I'm not going to give them money because they're going to do X, mm-hmm. Y, Z mm-hmm. with the money. Mm-hmm. There's like all this kind of exactly. disbelief about people's, the genuineness of people's homelessness, but mm-hmm. you only need to really open your eyes to see it. It's, mm-hmm. it's genuine and it's an absolute issue. Mm-hmm. But like kind of... With um the good box, you kind of took that away because they're they you know they donate um the money to you guys and it's and then you create the boxes, you facilitate the giving of them to charities or whatever and the distribution and it kind of gets rid of that. Yeah. I know I'm probably over explaining what you what you do, but I think it's um it's just was a an absolutely wicked idea. Like when did you? realized kind of that was the way to go did you think like along the same kind of lines as what yeah, I was just saying everything that you said is the whole is the whole reason we created the good box and um you're so correct in everything that you said and you definitely didn't over explain it it's definitely how I would explain it as well it's just that um initial like you know when someone says you know why 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 was the good box created and I think it's because of what I said when you us when you saw see that people were ignoring people majority of if you have to really peel the layers back why are people ignoring those experiencing homelessness you know one it's that they don't know what to do and two it's this preconceived notion of well they're there because they they made choices that 
that that's their own fault or they they didn't have to be there they, they could be somewhere else and you know all, all all things like that which is really um quite um quite a horrible thought but I guess when I went okay well people don't want to give money a lot of the time because they are scared it's going to go to drugs or alcohol which the truth is I mean if you think about um the causes of homelessness drugs and alcohol is only three percent of the reason someone becomes homeless that's a big misconception people really don't become homeless because of drugs and alcohol only three percent do majority of it is when people are actually on the street and I guess that turn to it as, as, as something of need but you know being able to kind of remove all of that and go okay if you don't want to give money that that's fine so how about I create something tangible you know exactly what's inside the box you know exactly what you're donating to you're donating to a box with these exact items everything's tangible and firsthand and quality and and on top of that it's all transparent you know exactly what's what's happening what we're putting the money towards and then we go and distribute the boxes for you and so that you can have that connection, you write that note and we put it in the box because um, the note is the most special thing and we put that in the box and then we hand it out to that person in need. So you've kind of created that connection and you've also been able to um, help people who, you know, to really solve that issue of, well, I want to help at hell because I don't, I don't want to give them money. And, and that's kind of, you know, one of the, one of the um, bigger issues that we're solving there as well. Mm. So what was in the, in the first boxes that you created? What's quite interesting is that the box have progressed a lot, but the initial the the initial stuff um, was all there. So I guess the initial box was um, the initial box kind of had um, a whole lot of you know the food and hygiene items. But what more has changed is 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 the outlook of the box. So it's always been a true and powerful story by someone of someone who has experienced homelessness. But I think now. We've kind of um, we've removed a lot of the wording of homelessness because there's a lot of, especially since COVID, we're seeing a lot of people who aren't necessarily homeless who are receiving the box, but they are really in need. And so since COVID, we're seeing a very different type of person as well needing of those boxes. Where um, and we're also seeing a lot of people who you know um, might be um, living at a person's house and couch surfing and things like that, and may not want to call themselves homeless um even though mm. I guess technically there are but you know they might not want that um said so just kind of making sure that that box is just for anyone in need you know vulnerable people a majority of the time it is someone experiencing homelessness but maybe not everyone wants to kind of feel that so I guess we've really changed um kind of the outset of the box a bit um as well and I think that we've added a lot more items now and then we've created new boxes too such as our you beauty box which you know from the beginning we, we I think we were very much like okay there's going to be three main boxes blokes girls, unisex, and that's it. And then we realized that it's quite seasonal. So during Mother's Day um, and Christmas, we've now developed um, a box called the You You Beauty Box. You Beauty Box is specifically for women who've survived domestic violence and are living in emergency accommodation. So they have have showers and they have um, a fridge and they've got food. And so the feedback we got from domestic violence shelters is that well you know the stuff you're putting in these boxes are great for people who are on the street or have nothing but we provide a lot of this to them already so they're more needing something for dignity something to make them feel good something just to make them feel like they're cared about and that's what's in the u beauty box that's makeup items and you know 
obviously we've got period underwear and things like that, but just lotions, things that just make you feel really good. So that was something we developed um, that certainly wasn't in our heads at the start. And then we've created a male version of that, which is called the You Legend Box, which goes out for Father's Day, which is really wonderful. And then we have at the moment the Christmas boxes, which the boxes themselves have a little Christmas hat and, and, and it says Merry Christmas on it. And we have all a few little different items that we put in there that give you the Christmas spirit. So things like that, which have really developed, um, which we, you know, obviously wouldn't have known about right at the start. Mm. Uh, so also, how did you uh, get the charities involved? Because you work with a lot of charities. Like how did, mm-hmm. I imagine they hear um, loads of people that talk the talk and come to them with big ideas that, but then don't necessarily follow through. So yeah. um, was it difficult to get um, the charities on board and for them to know, yep, you're really genuine. This is the idea I have. You're going to make it happen. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting how that's probably the biggest thing that shifted because we started off at a position where it was us almost begging charities to take our service. Where you know we're providing them a completely free service of beautiful, wonderful, incredible items and everything. But as you said, you know, it, it, it's really a thing of they're not wanting to accept anything that's not consistent. And they obviously, you know, people can promise all different types of things. So at the beginning, and it's also about trust, you know, trust. So at the beginning, it was very much us like almost contacting charities and kind of trying to sell it to them, even though it's a completely free thing for them to accept. Um, that has really shifted. So we're now obviously at a stage that's completely opposite where we are have charities on a wait list. So now we've never, you know, I think from about a year and a half ago, we've not ever contacted one charity. It's been all charities contacting us. Um, that is mainly one through um, word of mouth in the sector. So it's like one organization. So for example, you know, if we work with, we work with, um, larger organizations you know let's just say such as um you know red cross or mission australia but they have a whole lot of um organizations um little like kind of organizations underneath that charity umbrella you know little community places so if one's getting um boxes then they might contact the other and say oh i'm getting these amazing boxes and then you know so now we kind of work with the one organization um all over the place in all the different cities and one finds out and the other finds out. So um, now we also help public health services and we help correctional services and we help the police because um, everyone finds useful our boxes. And so now I guess it's just come through everyone kind of hearing about us and knowing about us and seeing their really fantastic positive impact and how we're saving them money and saving them time and you know, the social workers on having to go do that and everything's first-hand quality. So yeah, we now have the opposite problem where we are having to, you know, new charities that come on board, we're having to put them on a wait list until we find um, more funding to um, be able to help them. So you were just talking about uh, funding, like, so where do you go to get your funding? Yeah, so um, places that we go for funding are Sorry, I was just going to interrupt you. Obviously, like individuals can mm-hmm. donate, but um, that's a heck of a lot of individuals that would have to donate to make sure yes. that you keep going. So <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, where have you you gone to get funding for 
for good bops as well yeah so we have um a few different revenue models as you mentioned uh one revenue model is um you know just the um people who kind of come online and that's you know small businesses and individuals who do that online and people can get subscriptions so every month you can just have the money kind of coming out with um we have business you know small businesses who will do a significant amount coming out each month all of that is really helpful and actually is still one of our number one ways of funding. Um, we then have um, corporate sponsorship, which is our other really big uh, way of funding. So that's big corporate businesses who sponsor us and help us. Um, it might either be through um, donating um, a large quantity of their first-hand quality items, so um, and it might be otherwise through actual um, money. A lot of do a lot do both. Um, which is fantastic. And then, um, you know, like we're pretty lucky. We just got an amazing partnership this year with our actual boxes. So the actual cardboard um, is now donated by Abby, um, an amazing company who do that. And that's why we've been able to kind of change the printing on that as well. So that's pretty amazing. And they also give us a, a, a large monetary um, donation through the years as the year as well. So things like that. Um, and then we also have philanthropy and then we also do um programs so we actually go out to schools and businesses um for a fee and we do a large team building program which is all about homelessness and we have um you know someone who then comes and speaks who has had experience in homelessness they get paid for that as well and then we pack boxes and write notes and and do all of that together um and then very small we do get some grants um from the government um but really that's quite a very small part of um our funding so let's talk a little bit of the about those um those workshops and things that you run yeah how how are you finding the response to them? Yeah, that's definitely, we're very grateful for the programs because for a long time, that's what we kind of survived off in terms of um, revenue-wise um, and uh, depending on the time of year, Christmas is a really huge time for those. So we find that they're amazing in many different ways because, for example, with the schools and corporates, excuse me, with schools and corporates, we get to actually go and educate about homelessness because there's a lot of people who have no idea and um, might be in these high, you know, corporate roles but not really understand homelessness. So we always leave with people going, oh, I'm so happy now. No, I really didn't understand this. I was really uneducated. So it's really giving that education but then obviously having that team building element where there's a bit of fun in it too. You're not just feeling preached at. And then there's packing the boxes and writing the notes. So actually not knowing that you haven't just given money as an organization, but you're doing something tangible as well. So, and we see that with the school too. So they're very popular. We do major organizations. Um, you know, we just had Telstra, we just did NAB um, before, we did KPMG. So we have major organisations who do this with us and, um, you know, some come back over and over again. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of success like that with KPMG who have organisations all over Australia and we see, uh, you know, I should say not organisations, just have, you know, as KPMG, they're in Perth, they're in, you know, Brisbane and they're in, they're in Sydney and they're in Melbourne. So, you know, we've, we've seen all the um, different hubs kind of get us all involved and get us back again, um, which is just absolutely incredible. So why do you think it is that that um, corporate social responsibility has become so important to big businesses? I mean, it, it seems to have always been 
pretty important to small business, mm-hmm. but now the big end of town has jumped on board as well. Yeah, I think that we, we, we've seen that as a big organisations, I think one, there's the funding there, the money is there and it can be spent on, you know, doing good. But we've seen a lot of shift, especially from, you know, staff members. And I guess we do see that they do talk a lot about this within, um, you know, millennial staff members and, and all of that. But I think we see it with a lot of staff members, just that push of, you know, we only really want to work for your organization if you're going to be doing some good with that. You know, I don't want to be coming to work every day um, to, in, you know, to do something where there's no impact at all. I don't want to just be making all this money and feeling like I'm, you know, there's not, there's no impact and my life has no, you know, my work has no impact. And I think we're seeing a lot of push from staff. And so therefore as businesses, it's like, well, okay, we're going to do impact. We're going to make a difference. And I think people are also realizing that a lot of people already want to do business with those who are doing impact. I know about me, I will specifically choose, I would rather go, okay, well, there's three storage companies, for example, but I'm going to go with the one storage company that, you know, um, supports the good box, which they do what, you know, one does. And instead of the other two, they don't, you know, because I know if my money is going to storage anyway, then it, great, then it's going to actually go to um, supporting someone in need. So we do see that, you know, it's it's a really clever business decision for a lot of people as well to be doing good because people want to be seeing that they want to be supporting that. But I think we're seeing it a lot more genuine now as well. We're seeing people being put in those positions to actually genuinely help and not just not just tick something off but to actually really want to do that and that's something we've seen with the good box and why you know I think organizations love to work with us because they're not just giving money and ticking that off they're actually volunteering and packing boxes and getting involved and we're seeing a lot more of that as well. So Gully, what advice would you give to someone who might be sitting at home listening and they've got an idea for you know, a business that has purpose or, or a charity idea, what what would you say to them to do? Yeah, I, I think if, if you've got an idea um, just for, for anything, um, but specifically for a charity, um, the best thing that Maddie and I ever did was to kind of shut off all the noise. A lot of people will the first thing to do is to always, you know, talk to people within the sector and ask questions and all of that. But just know that sometimes people within the sector might, because that happened to us, might kind of tell you no or tell you that would never work. So it's just about asking as many questions as you can, but taking that with a pinch of salt and kind of knowing um, knowing what to listen to and what not to listen to. And the best thing you can do is just sit there and write out all your ideas you know don't think too much at first about you know but is that practical isn't just write it all out and then you can start doing the research of well, what is practical what isn't talk to people within the space ensure that those you're wanting to help for example with us it was people experiencing homelessness before we did anything else we then went and spoke to multiple different people who have experienced homelessness and then ensure that you know the one person who's still with us is Damo who was one of the first people we spoke to about and he was experiencing homelessness and he's really given all his advice and helped us a lot till now and and continues to because it's really important to ensure that if you don't have the lived experience yourself, ensure that those who have the lived experience are part of the journey with you as well. So that's um, really, really important. Yeah, that's a really good point because you might have all these preconceived ideas of of what they need or... Mm-hmm. or what would be good 
mm-hmm. when in actual fact it's something completely different. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So tell us about um, what people can do at the moment to help Good Box. Yeah, so so something um, that people can definitely do um, to help the Good Box is to head on to our website, um, which is just thegoodbox.com.au. Um, come and please uh, donate for Christmas. Something that is great is as a business, as a small business, as an um, individual, you can actually do it as a gift on behalf of someone else. So that means that you can hop online make the donation and then choose for it to be a gift and that's all done automatically um, and then you can actually send the gift certificate to that person and it will say our gift has been donated in that person's name. So I think that's um, really fantastic and that's something really important um, that we do um, and otherwise you know get in contact with us for an engagement program for one of our school corporate programs um, and or get in touch for volunteering and everything is on our website. Oh, and one uh, last thing I wanted to talk about, you mentioned it briefly, but the note, um, mm-hmm. the note that people put in the box, where did the idea for that come from? Yeah, the note inside the boxes are so important. It's that message of hope. It's the thing that when we find impact, when we're doing our impact reporting and we look at, you know, what made the most impact on someone's life, they always mention the note because that makes them feel special. It makes them feel respect and dignity and makes them feel like they matter. Um, which is really um, important. And I think that that idea really came from finding out when talking to people experiencing homelessness, as I mentioned earlier, that they're so isolated, they don't feel connected with. And it was, how do we connect them? And how do we connect the person who's giving to the person who's receiving that box? And that is all through the note. And that's how we, and that's how we realize that's what is really important. Hmm. Thank you, Gali. It's been really great talking to you today. Um, If people want to find out more about The Good Box, what's that website again? Um, Thegoodbox.com.au Awesome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.